What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. Today, we are going to start this episode with some badass bitch vibes. Last week, I was telling you guys about the quote-unquote emergency declared by Orange County Health Department. I kind of put a call out for all my SoCal peeps to attend this meeting and tell them, no the fuck not, you're going to declare a fucking emergency. Over the supposed rising cases of respiratory syncytial virus. Well... I was uh, checking in on how that whole meeting went, and I found an amazing, badass bitch named Lee Dundas. She's a human rights attorney, and this lady just straight up told the whole board how it is. I'm going to play the audio clip of this woman just breaking it down to these fucking wannabe forthright Nazis and why they're not ever going to put mandates and lock people down ever again. So sit back and listen to Lee Dundas rights attorney Lee Dundas. Some years ago, two men sat at a table discussing the most effective way to usher in war. Their decision after discussion was to close non-essential businesses and further quarantine certain members of society to prevent the spread of disease known as typhus. These men's names, Joseph Goebbels and Adolf Hitler. You think you're special. I am here to tell you you are not. You are the new Fourth Reich. And I have news for you today. We will not be locking down or taking funding over RSV, which 90% of children contract before the age of two and only 100 to 500 a year die, which is a 0.00004728132813 death rate. It is four one millionths of a percent. Let me add a little bit here. Your whole meeting today was unlawful under the government sections. Our governor's executive order that allowed you to suspend notice of meeting was specific to COVID, and your agenda item is specific to respiratory syncytial virus. Therefore, under the government code, you are still bound to notice requirements. An emergency under the government code section is defined as crippling activity or other activity which severely impairs public health and safety. And let me tell you, folks, a Zero point zero 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 four seven eight one four percent death rate is nowhere near an emergency. You will not get more blood money into this county. You will not get more state or federal funding for our hospitals. This is not an emergency. To do so is fraud. You will not mask us like she just talked about doing. You will not quarantine the well or the sick. You will not keep our kids out of school and damn right you're not going to cripple our businesses anymore. Do you hear me? We will never lock down again. This is the hill we die on because this is America. This is the Constitution of America and this is freaking freedom. So let me break it down a little bit further in case you did not hear last week's episode. Basically, the Orange County Board of Supervisors declared an emergency over concerns about the rising cases of respiratory syncytial virus in children within the county. The new local health emergency could definitely trigger a state emergency and a national emergency that could bring back all the mandates of the last two years. And a little bonus, it would also allow the new RSV mRNA vaccine to be released under the EUA without proper testing or long-term studies. So there's a lot at stake, you guys. Shit that happens in California slowly bleeds east across the country. 
And before you know it, you're fucking locked down, your business is closed, and the detrimental effects of lockdowns will be inflicted upon your children. Studies have proved was devastating for the minds of children, for their intellectual capabilities, for their socialization. This shit fucked up a whole generation of children, and they're going to keep trying to pull some fucking health emergency to steal rights. Now, if you look up Lee Dundas on mainstream media websites and the like, all you'll hear is she's a Scientologist. She told Trump supporters to murder turncoats. But it's all bullshit, as per usual. This chick has done a lot for a lot of different countries and people that were stuck in slavery. Check this out. Since 2013, Lee has fought human trafficking abroad, focusing on Southeast Asia, running undercover former special ops agents into child brothels to gather intel and liaising both domestically and with foreign governments to apprehend the criminal syndicates that traffic children, as well as pedophiles who purchase such children for sex. Lee spent a lot of time on the border of Thailand and Malaysia in an area prone to near-daily bombings, which is known as the, quote, Red Light Jihadi District. Lee has worked to help girls trapped in child brothels that are used for, as fodder for radicalized insurgent bombings, while raising awareness of their plight. Lee also helped spearhead an anti-money laundering initiative dedicated to freezing the assets of criminals who attempt to launder dirty money made from child sex slavery through the world's financial institutions. In 2013, Lee was recognized for her human rights work with an appointment by the then head of the Foreign Affairs Committee, Congressman Ed Royce, to the Congressional Advisory Committee that dealt with human slavery. So yeah, most of the websites you find about this woman won't tell you anything about that. They'll just say she's crazy because she's a Scientologist. She's crazy because she supports Trump. Which, oh God, these fucking mainstream media motherfuckers need to get a better pitch when they're trying to take down people that disagree with them. So now it's change of subject time. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the FTX cryptocurrency exchange and FTX stands for future exchange. Let me just give you the Wikipedia rundown of this fucking company. It starts off by saying FTX is a Bahamas based cryptocurrency exchange. FTX is incorporated in Antigua and Barbuda and headquartered in the Bahamas. The exchange was founded in 2019 and as of February 2022, had over 1 million users. FTX also operated FTX.US, a separate exchange available to US residents. Since November 11th, hmm, right after the fucking elections, FTX is in bankruptcy proceedings in the US court system. Okay, so that's just like a little fucking innocent rundown that Wikipedia gives you. I'm going to give you the shit that is now being posted to WikiLeaks about this fucked up company. It's basically a laundering racket. So sit back and let me try to break it down for you. April 25th, 2019, Biden announces his presidential campaign. 13 days later, Sam Bankman Fried, son of Barbara Fried, who is a Stanford professor and co-founder of political fundraising organization Mind the Gap, they decide to launch FTX Crypto Exchange. The exchange is magically an overnight success. And then the founder, Sam, becomes the biggest donor to Biden. Check this out now. Election Day. FTX implodes completely. Now, if you think this is where it ends, fucking just sit back and wait. 
Gabe Bankman Freed, who is the brother to Sam, also a former Jane Street trader, is the founder of, quote, Guarding Against Pandemics. He was a legislative correspondent for the U.S. House of Representatives and an advisor to large political donors in the Democrat Party. The family, Aunt Linda Fried, is a WEF member on the Global Agenda Council on Aging. The father, Joseph Bankman, is a Stanford professor who had lobbied on behalf of hedge fund managers before Congress. FTX head of ventures and commercial at FTX Ventures, Amy Wu, started with the Clinton Foundation years ago. Nishad Singh, FTX Director of Engineering, has spent over $8 million for Democratic candidates. And finally, Obama's Commodity Future Trading Commissioner, Mark Wittgen, was literally the head of FTX Policy and Regulation. Reports were the organization wanted to spend over a billion dollars on the Democratic Party for 2024. Now, this is just the tip of the fucking iceberg. It's a massive, massive money laundering operation, and mainstream media is not even really fucking talking about it or digging in. And we're not done yet. So just fuck, hold on to your seat. We're not even done yet with the fuckery. Now, just a little side note before we go on with FTX. I want you guys to think back a couple years to the Panama Papers that came out and revealed that all the rich people in the world are part of an enormous criminal conspiracy to dodge taxes and hoard stolen wealth in offshore accounts. And literally nothing happened. The media was fucking silent about it. But one reporter that was actually digging into the truth, trying to figure out what was going on, was assassinated. It seems like these money laundering bullshit scams kind of always involve politicians, celebrities, world leaders, and other wealthy people. Now, here's another little like breakdown of what's going on. Biden decides to give U.S. tax money in the form of military aid and humanitarian aid to Ukraine. Ukraine then uses U.S. aid to partner with FTX. FTX then donates money to the Democratic Party, super PACs, and candidates. So it's just a fucking circle of money laundering. They're taking our taxes, sending it to fucking Ukraine. Ukraine put it in FTX, and FTX brought it back to America and paid the demon rats millions and millions of dollars. And don't think it was just the Democrats. The Republicans got their little slice of the pie, too. I was able to find a $20 million donation to the GOP made by FTX. So, like I always tell you, it's fucking two sides of the same coin. Democrats and Republicans are not your friend. While we're on the subject of cryptocurrencies, let me tell you a little bit about Nikolai Mushkanian, the co-founder of MakerDAO, which is a crypto money market stablecoin. So check this out, you guys. His last tweet was in reference to a CIA-funded pedophile blackmail ring being run out of the Bahamas and that he would likely be killed. A day later, no shit, he washes up dead on a beach in Puerto Rico. He says he, quote, knows things and is going public and that child pornography is placed on his laptop by his ex-girlfriend, who he says is a spy. Three days later, Coindesk, which is a respected crypto media site, publishes leaked financials for the largest crypto fund based out of, you guessed it, the Bahamas. This is where it gets interesting. That fund is Alameda Research, the trading arm of FTX's founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, the very same SBF who has been a staunch proponent of crypto regulations, the same type of regulations that would stifle on-chain exchange and, quote, DeFi, and allow his firm FTX to corner the market. 
the same type of DeFi that Nikolai's project was a trailblazer in. So FTX slash Alameda proceeded to say all is good, nothing to see, this is bullshit. They joust with a well-known Binance founder and assure customers all is well and the balances are not fucked. The balances are indeed fucked and FTX melts down in spectacular fashion, taking numerous portfolio companies with them. And this is when 4chan starts digging in. Quickly, it is discovered that SBF and Alameda CEO Caroline Ellison have solid connections to the SEC. That's the Securities Exchange Commission through Caroline's dad, who worked directly with the SEC chair at MIT and high level connections to the current Biden administration through Sam Bankman Fried and Sam's mother, a Stanford professor with a large Democratic super PAC. Timing of SBF's rise to fame is also called into question as FTX launched days after Biden announced his presidential campaign, giving SBF new wealth to become the second largest donor to Biden. I just think it's very strange that Nikolai is fucking blowing a whistle and he's like, I'm going to end up fucking dead. I've got some really dangerous information. And then he literally washes up on a beach in Puerto Rico fucking dead. Not suspicious at all. And no mainstream media coverage. Takes fucking weaponized autism of 4chan to dig all this information out. And the media doesn't give a fuck about it. They are not going to talk about it. And you probably won't hear any of that shit I just said on any mainstream media news outlet. And 100% guys, I am just giving you like the cliff notes version of what all went down with FTX. There's so much more. The Sam guy is connected to so many politicians and wealthy elite and the World Economic Forum through his mommy. So it's just like the same players fucking laundering tax dollars, giving it back to their political buddies, giving kickbacks, the same old bullshit, just 2022 clown world style. And unfortunately, I don't think anyone is going to serve any amount of jail time. Maybe the Sam guy will get Jeffrey Epstein, but as far as like a prison sentence, very doubtful. He's got too many connections and way too much money. And while this whole implosion of FTX happens, these little fuckers at the WEF and other global elites are trying to scrub their history with FTX from the internet. But the web archive never forgets. Now, if you go to the web archive sites, it'll show that the World Economic Forum had previously listed FTX as one of its, quote, partners, touting the Bahamas-based firm as a cryptocurrency exchange built by traders for traders. Sam Bankman-Fried was also a speaker at Davos last May alongside people like Ruth Porat of Google Financial, Bill Winters, who is the CEO of a London-based financial giant Standard Chartered. Nevertheless, the World Economic Forum has since scrubbed any mention of FTX from its website in the days after the crypto exchange filed for bankruptcy. Now, a spokesman for Klaus Schwab's little World Economic Forum said, quote, FTX was a World Economic Forum partner. In light of last week's events, their partnership was suspended and they were removed from the partner section of our website. A little side note about World Economic Forum and Klaus fucking Schwab. Check this out. The Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, was shown entering the East Asia Summit Gala Dinner without masks, but their little servants all had masks on as they all trotted in to go kiss ass and raise money. This Jacinda Ardern bitch, besides the fact she looks like a horse, 
She needs to fucking go, New Zealand. What are you guys doing? How is this bitch in power when she is so obviously compromised by Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum? And now we're going to move on to some Australia news. So check this the fuck out, guys. Australia, what is going on over there? Apparently now, the COVID vaccine certificate can now be accessed through the My Government Account app. And they plan to link it to the nation's, quote, digital ID system. They then decide they're going to expand digital ID from government to the private sector. And so far, 2 million Australians have decided to sign up for this psycho shit. Australia is going to be the first of the Western nations to go down with the social credit. I don't get why Australia was chosen to be the fucking testing ground for all this lunacy that's trying to overthrow the Western way of life. But I don't know. What, what the fuck is going on over there, Australia? Back in the day, I used to always think Australians were like crazy, wild, wild west, fucking Brits with an attitude almost, like fucking wild and shit. But I see all of this shit going on and two million of you motherfuckers signed up for that by choice. Come on, wake the fuck up. Stop letting these twats in the media pressure you into getting a COVID vaccination, rolling over and signing up for the digital idea. Oh, because it's all so convenient. Fuck that. It's going to be convenient for them, the government, to cut you off of all of your money to give you a low social credit score. So you can't even fucking go to a restaurant if you want to. Your carbon footprint was too high today, so you need to stay at home, you bad little peasant. That's exactly where this shit is leading. And fuck that, guys. You need to stand up now before it gets any worse there. And the same thing with here, America. We've got so many people that just fucking aren't paying attention. It's bad right now. Just in the whole world, in general, not just America, not just Canada, not just fucking Australia. The whole situation is bad. Right now, I think we're in a worse position than 1776 when America decided to fight the British to become independent. At least then people knew there was a war coming on. They knew shit was about to get rough. I mean, the government is literally taxing us 1,000 times the taxes charged to the 13 colonies. There is obviously a fucking economic collapse coming up for us. We have political prisoners in jail right now or prison from the January 6th bullshit. We have money laundering. We have sex trafficking. We have poisoning, psyop, pornography, child sacrifice, all of this shit that's terrible being pushed on the young people of the world. And you know what? The vast majority of motherfuckers are too busy watching football or too busy watching the fucking real house sluts of whatever stupid fucking city. Come on. Fucking turn the TV off. Put down the fucking poison and start paying attention. Now, enough ranting about our fellow global citizens asleep at the wheel. Check this shit out. FBI agents came down hard on the operator of a popular website devoted to all things Area 51, its programs, lore, and legacy. More than a dozen agents served a no-knock warrant on the Rachel Nevada home of George Arnoux, who was the owner of dreamlandresort.com. They seized all computers, files, phones, and photos. At the same time, another team of a dozen or more agents stormed into Arnu's Las Vegas home, seized all digital devices and files, 
held his girlfriend at gunpoint. Arnu noted on his site that he does not know the reason for the raid or whether specific images of the secret base posted online may have initiated such a vigorous action by the federal law enforcement agency. So apparently on November 7th, he made a post to his website stating, quote, last Thursday, very early in the morning, my homes in Rachel and Las Vegas were searched by a combined team of FBI and AFOSI. An AFOSI appears to be the U.S. Air Force Office of Special Investigations. He goes on to say, I will spare you the details, but it got quite tense and humiliating for me and Rachel and for my girlfriend in Vegas. All my laptops, phones, memory sticks, cameras, drones, and other items were seized. When it was all over, I was left in Rachel with two broken doors, broken furniture inside the house, and zero means to communicate. Our Vegas home fared a little better, with only a broken front door and a torn down blind. Each location saw at least 15 to 20 agents rummaging through our homes and about eight vehicles. Goes on and says, needless to say, it was a spectacle for curious neighbors, both in Rachel and in Vegas. In the process, I lost all my data, medical files, financial and tax records, passwords, everything. Our new added, on top of that, I am stuck with thousands in costs for repairs and replacements of most of the essential electronics and expected legal fees. I will speak with an attorney tomorrow about how to proceed. To the best of my knowledge, I have not broken the law. The search warrants are not very specific, but aerial photos of Area 51 and other installations came up repeatedly. So I've taken those down for now to defuse the situation. He basically says the whole reason he's telling his side of the story is to, quote, avoid any more speculation. And he says he's concerned that overzealous government agents may use bogus charges against him to send a message. He said, quote, putting the truth out there cannot hurt. Now, if you don't really know anything about this guy, Arnu has several documentary film and television credits, including for the UFO documentary The Road to Rachel, an episode of the History Channel's Ancient Aliens television show, and an episode of Conspiracy Theory with Jesse Ventura. In addition to his film credits, Arnu's Dreamline Resort website regularly publishes information and observations about the activities going on around Area 51 and other parts of Nevada. At this point, we're still trying to get more information on what exactly set it all off. Now, I don't know if this fucking guy has drones, he's flying over Area 51, or if he's acting like a dumbass and just very blatantly putting shit up on his website that he shouldn't be. But those fed boys do seem eager to knock down doors lately. Now, while we are on the subject of fed boys, check this out. Turns out that one of the top people in the Oath Keepers, their vice president, was an FBI informant. And there's even more. Check this out. So the FBI informant who was embedded for months in the inner circle of Stuart Rhodes, the leader of Oath Keepers militia, is likely to testify as a defense witness at the sedacious conspiracy trial of Mr. Rhodes, in connection with the attack on the Capitol on January 6, 2021. The informant, Greg McWerther, served as the Oath Keeper's vice president, but was secretly reporting to the FBI about the group's activities in the weeks and months leading up to the Capitol attack. And that's according to two different sources familiar with the matter. Mr. Meg Werther is the second known FBI confidential source who was in a position to provide information to federal agents about the Oath Keepers, and this was before the January 6th bullshit Trump thing. So it raises questions about why the investigators did not know more about the Capitol attack. Here's a hint, hint, they did fucking know. 
Near the start of Mr. Rhodes' trial, Abdullah Rashid, a former oath keeper from West Virginia, told the jury that he became alarmed by violent language Mr. Rhodes used during a video conference with members of his group in November 2020 and provided the FBI with recording of the call. The more I listened to the call, Mr. Rashid testified, it sounded like we were going to war against the United States government. Officials at the FBI did not respond to Mr. Rasij's initial attempts to contact them and only reached out after January 6th. The FBI also had a confidential source in the Kansas City chapter of the Proud Boys in the months leading up to January 6th. That person was a low-level member of the far-right group and he marched with other Proud Boys into the Capitol on January 6th. But in meetings with the government before the Capitol was stormed, he told investigators that the organization had not planned to attack the building and stop the certification of the 2020 election. So even the New York Times snuck in the obvious question here. If the FBI had all these contacts and they're claiming it was some prior plot, why wasn't it stopped beforehand? If it was such a sedacious conspiracy and, you know, not a spontaneous riot, why the fuck did they let it go on? When the FBI got a tip from Rashid, why didn't they follow up on it? It would seem with something that specific, you'd want to maybe, oh, I don't know, check up on it, follow up on it, see if there's any fucking truth to it. Especially if he was saying there were questions of violence. Why didn't they do anything? Now, if Mick Awerther was a confidential human source, why didn't the government put him on the stand? Why didn't they want the jury to hear that they had a confidential human source embedded in the matter. What the fuck is going on here? From day one, with this January 6th bullshit, I always thought it was ridiculous. I literally remember doing a podcast like the day after the January 6th thing. Um, I was asking these motherfuckers, I'm like, what the fuck were you LARPing at? What did you think you were going to accomplish by doing that? It was fucking ridiculous. I guarantee you. Agent provocateurs, fed boys, they were all over that shit, egging people on, trying to get people to be all violent and stupid and storm the Capitol, and they succeeded. And now we literally have political prisoners still rotting away in prison in America. Just fucking clown world extraordinaire bullshit. Now, 100%, I've always thought these groups like the Oath Keepers or the Proud Boys are just nothing but a fucking fed boy trap. They're going to get you in there and make up some fucking Rachel Whitmere abduction plot where they lead everything and egg everyone on and it's their plan from the start to finish. But the idiots caught up in it. The Usually the young men with mental illness get caught up in it and they're the ones that serve decades in federal prison. No one fucking thinks it's strange the fed boys keep getting wrapped up in shit like this. And how many times recently have people been found not guilty and the FBI just fucking sits there with egg all over their face? It's just going to keep happening. The Fed boys are going to keep knocking on doors, knocking down doors of people that speak out, of people that disagree with an official narrative, with people that are anti-Biden. It's just going to keep getting worse. The FBI over the last few years, shit, actually, if you like look back for the whole history, they've always been out of fucking control. Under Hoover, they were out of control, and now it's even more so. They literally tried to bring down a sitting president based on lies, based on bullshit and shit they knew was lies. So that, that really should make you think, you guys, who is controlling the FBI? Who do these motherfuckers work for? 
do any of these FBI agents actually feel like they're being a good patriotic American by fucking stepping on people's rights, by entrapping people, by getting mentally ill men arrested for decades on plots that the FBI themselves come up with? How could you motherfuckers feel like a patriotic American? You are terrible. You are no better than actual terrorists because you are in positions of power and you keep stirring up shit and creating fake ass scenarios and getting decent people and some assholes wrapped up in shit they never, ever would have been wrapped up in if you, Fed Boys, FBI, hadn't have started the whole fucking ball rolling. Abolish the FBI and get bent, Fed Boy. Another side note about these Fed boys, aka FBI and CIA. Check this out. The goal of the CIA is not to end child trafficking. If they wanted to, they could have used their intelligent tools and arrested all the traffickers and freed all the kids being raped and murdered tomorrow. The goal of the CIA is to enable and create child traffickers and use them as assets to blackmail people. The FBI is there to protect those assets. So it's just this big fucked up racket of blackmail, pedophiles, and businessmen, the quote unquote global elite, politicians, get these people wrapped up in these pedophile fucking scandals, and the CIA slash FBI are going to have you under their thumb as much as they want. Most people, I'd say like 99.9% would do whatever they had to do to make sure the public didn't find out they were kitty fuckers. The FBI, the CIA, they know this, and they've known this for a very long time. Just like I guarantee you, these two groups definitely could have ended most of the world's child sex trafficking long, long ago if they wanted to. But instead, they keep playing the fucking political game and getting their people in power to get more money for them, their buddies, the kickbacks, all that shit. And it's fucking true, you guys. I know it sounds like some ranting, crazy fucking conspiracy theorist talking about how bad the FBI and the CIA are. How many times did the FBI and CIA need to get called out on past wrongdoings before the public wakes up and realizes the CIA of the past, the FBI of the past, are the same today? We just haven't found out about their most recent fucking scandals and violations of humanitarian laws. Like, I literally wonder how these people live with themselves. Do they just, like, lack a conscience? Do they lack a soul? Fucking harming innocent children? That doesn't bug them on any level? As long as they get to blackmail a fucking prince or some fucking CEO with billions of dollars or a politician with a lot of power? Power and money seems to be the only thing these people care about. And power and money seems to have completely corrupted these organizations. The next thing I want to bring up about the Fedboy FBI is how it's asking a court for 66 years to reveal laptop contents of murdered Democrat staffer Seth Rich. Now, Seth Rich was just randomly murdered on a Washington, D.C. street in 2016. And quote-unquote conspiracy theorists have alleged his laptop contained information damaging to Hillary Clinton and the 2016 presidential campaign. The rumors are now persisting, and an FBI request last week is not doing anything to alleviate those accusations. The FBI is now asking a court to give it 66 years to release the information discovered on the laptop. 2088, motherfuckers. 2088. 
Apparently, a U.S. district court in September ordered the agency to produce the data on the laptop. And the FBI has fought that order to this day. The agency, say detractors, is not acting in a way that elicits confidence in those investigations. In 2019, the agency said it, quote, lost thousands of pages of notes related to Hillary Clinton and the investigation into the Russian influence. But why? Why Seth Rich? Why is his laptop making all these headlines? Check this out. This is a little background if you don't know about Seth Rich. Rich was an up-and-coming political staffer who was privy to communications, finance details, and strategy employed in the 2016 showdown between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. While calling it a robbery, Rich's mother noted nothing was taken from her son, and the police released video surveillance revealing two people may have been involved in the death. Those details continue to fill theories surrounding the motives for the death, even though it remains unsolved. FBI's whole position on that is that the privacy interest of Rich's family members outweigh the public interest. And that whole notion was rejected by the U.S. District Court Judge Amos Mazant. Check this out, you guys. Julian Assange has suggested Rich leaked Democratic National Committee files to WikiLeaks. Special counsel Robert Mueller said the real source was Russian hackers. Hmm. Mueller's findings conflict with statements from CrowdStrike, the firm hired to investigate how the DNC files were released. So I 100% think there is a fat cover-up going on with the whole Seth Rich murder and laptop. All right, guys, that's about enough rants about the fucking Fed boys. My door's probably going to get kicked in later tonight, but fuck it. But before I get out of here, I do have to say what's up to my top three downloading states, which are California, Pennsylvania, and Oregon. What's up, you guys? Thank you for downloading. I appreciate it. Hit me up at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com if you have any cool stories I should look into or if you want any of the documents I speak about. As far as worldwide, we have Canada, Australia, the UK, and Belgium. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you listening to the podcast every week. That's what's up. Now, just a little reminder, be aware, and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao. Are you lost?